long time ago, I learned, uh, and this was part of my upbringing, that if you let your ego get in the way of what you want to accomplish, you'll never accomplish anything worthwhile. Wow. And it sure looked to me like that was what was going on with him that day he made those comments. Well, welcome in to the season one finale of the Look Around Podcast. We made it 12 episodes in, and here we are, joined today by the wonderful mayor, Mike Padilla. The mayor himself. Ooh, man. If this doesn't give us some credibility, I don't know what will. (laughs) We got the mayor, man. Uh, Mayor Padilla, thank you so much for joining us. You've been serving as as, in all kinds of capacities around the city and serving as mayor since 2022. And we appreciate you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's my privilege to be here. Well, we we are privileged to have you. So uh, why don't we just start off? Give us a little bit of backstory of your kind of your history with the city of Topeka, kind of. Run through, run through the the bullet points, the highlights. Of wow, this is that's a long history. <laughs> and, and since I know now that both of you aren't originally from Topeka, so you may not know my. Um, I was a Topeka police officer for thirty four years. Wow! And uh, I started off at the bottom of the ranks. I can remember when I first got hired that my name was the last name on the list of employees for the police department. Wow. Because I was the last one in, but stayed there for 34 years. Were you doing your, like parking tickets at the beginning? Uh, no, never did parking. <laughs> that's, that's a misunderstanding. Uh, parking tickets are primarily done by the park uh, police. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, but the, but uh, uniform officers will give out parking tickets, but that's not their primary responsibility. Sure, like they can give yeah, out parking Yeah, they can. They're yeah. authorized, but yeah. they've got plenty of other things to keep them busy Yes, other than yeah. parking. But yeah, I served there. had a good career there. Uh, left as a division head, as a major, and uh, retired back in 23, 2003, and uh, took a little bit of a break. Um, then I went uh, to the state of Kansas and uh, was appointed as their chief of enforcement for the state of Kansas for the Department of Revenue. And I stayed there for 10 and a half years. And then after that, I did about a two-year stint with the uh, Kansas Highway Patrol, the Capital City Police. And at that time, I was already involved with a little bit of local politics. uh, And I really could see that I could get much more done if I didn't have a full-time job. And so uh, I left there and ran for public office for District 5, won that contest, uh, stayed there, uh, served about uh, six to eight months as a deputy mayor in my last year of office as councilman. And then that's when I decided to run for mayor and was lucky to be elected past November. That's awesome. So yeah. That's amazing. Grown, wow. Born and raised here in Topeka. That's incredible. Really? Here yeah. in Topeka? Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. It seems like for whatever reason, you might you might know you might not. Public service just keeps pulling you back. It you, does. You, Seriously, you, you try to get like. away, and it keeps pulling you back yeah, in. That's, that's <laughs> where my heart is. I've always been uh, service oriented. That's why you take a job like a law enforcement officer. Uh, and if you're not uh, service oriented when you take an elected office, I think you're taking it for the wrong reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what drew you into the police force? You know, um, early on, I had. A couple of, uh, oh, I don't want to say run-ins, but contacts with law enforcement. And they weren't particularly the best uh, <laughs> encounters. Like as a teenager or something? Uh-huh, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I thought at the time, uh, it, it let me see that there was a need for a change in how mm. law enforcement interacted, especially with the minority population. Mm, yeah. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, you can scream and holler about it or you can do something about it by becoming part of that uh, necessary service and working with those who are doing the job on a regular basis and try and, I guess, bring about change. And so hmm. uh, law enforcement was uh, the first thing I looked to. I looked at firefighters as well, but they don't have as much interaction with the community. Sure, yeah. You know, they show up. Uh, for fires or yeah. for emergency health. But uh, law enforcement has a regular, <laughs> ongoing uh, 
uh, interaction with the community. And so I, that seemed like the best place for me to be to actually get to feel of the entire community because I started at a very young age and I don't know about the two of you, but for myself, I thought I knew quite a bit about one part of town. Mm, sure. But yeah. not about the whole town. Mm. And when you're a police officer, you have to learn about the whole town. Right. And so that was my basis for getting that interaction, seeing where need was, uh, trying to work with people to come to solutions to their problems. So that was a, a strong thing for me. Mm. When I left... Uh, after 34 years, I was not bored at all. <laughs> I was still having a good time being a police officer. Wow. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious because you said you got in because you wanted to kind of spark change. And when people think about sparking change, they usually think, you know, you got to be at the top to do it. But you just kind of mentioned you were the last guy on the roster. Yep. So what did it look like being the last guy in the door but having all these goals for change? How do you change something from the bottom like that? Actually, that's a good point. I'm glad you asked that. That is a great question. Yeah. yeah. Because... <laughs> because Ended up being at the top of the chain. Right. But at the top of the chain, you, if you've taken the time to come up the chain, you learn that uh, uh, decrees from up above don't go very far. Mm. Hmm. You have to have the people who do the day-to-day -day job understand <coughs> what you're trying to do, believe in what you're trying to do, hmm. because they are the people who deliver the message on a regular basis. Right. A major like I was when I left my contact with the public became less and less because it was primarily administrative but as a as a police officer on the street constantly you were talking and seeing situations that gave you an opportunity to provide law enforcement or services to the community in the way you hoped the rest of your fellow officers would see hmm. So it takes a while, and not everybody is accepting of, of the change. You know, we get used to providing things uh, the way we have done always. Right. How many times have you heard this? That, but because we've always, it's always done the it. way yeah, we've done it. Yeah, oh, it drives me nuts. But uh, <laughs> so you're in a position to say, well, wait a minute, let's think about doing it this way, and <coughs> because. Um, I am a very visible minority. Uh, it really gave me some uh, opportunities to put my foot in the door to communities who never felt that they had a representative hmm. in law enforcement. Because when I came on, there were very few uh, minorities on the PD at all. Hmm. Interesting. What were some of the exciting, like as you look back on your career as an officer in the community, were there any... Um, moments that were like, man, this is what I signed up for. Like, no. <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you have any like huge yeah. case solved or, oh. you know, some like something that you really look back like at? like an action movie? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, actually there are a lot of them and, and that's uh, sometimes surprising to people. They think, you know, Topeka, Midwest town, probably not a whole lot going on. Uh, parking tickets and yeah, not yeah, much yeah, else. Yeah. But there is... Well, I think people in Topeka probably don't have that view. Oh, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe people in Kansas in, in general. Yeah. But there is a lot that went on. And because during my career, I did so many different things. Uh, I started off as a patrolman, like most people do. But then I quickly got into what they called... Back then, they called SCAT, which is Street Crime Action Team, which was... Uh, immediate reaction team to hot spots in the area that were having you know, burglaries or vandalism or those kinds of things that needed a concentrated use of force uh, presence. Was that like kind of like SWAT sort of or? Way tapered down. Okay. Way tapered <laughs> down. Uh, initially that it was more of a uh, concentration of a workforce on a problem in an area. Uh, not so much organized like SWAT. I eventually got there, though. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, I did that. Uh, I did uh, internal affairs. I did internal affairs investigations. And that's investigating people uh, in the system? Uh-huh, in the system, uh, looking into complaints that come through about law enforcement. And you take uh, the complaints and investigate for validity and 
take action where necessary. Hmm. So I did that. Uh, not as exciting as the as the SCAT team, but I also did narcotics and worked in undercover narcotics for about three years. And just not, want to give you a chance to yeah. clarify that you didn't do narcotics. No, you <laughs> did, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but that is always a claim you get. The people you arrest. Oh yeah, you you. You guys, you selling narcotics on the side? Yeah, yeah I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? So they think like you're confiscating and then selling on the side? Well, they do that. No, they don't know. I don't think they really believe that. Yeah, that's a way to uh, misdirect. Sure. Yeah. What they just did and got yeah, arrested right. for. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. if I could throw a suspicion on you, <laughs> yeah. then I get out of here and I get to do it again. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a common <laughs> claim, uh, and. Uh, uh, so I did narcotics and un- uh, undercover investigations for a while. Um, assumed a couple of different identities to do some really oh, wow yeah, different wow. jobs. Were they pretty big? Like like was it like infiltrating some sort of like drug group or something? Or that and I've had a couple others where we did a lot of uh, uh, undercover investigations and stolen property. Okay, uh, we even had uh, at one time. Myself and a couple of partners were set up in a different location in the city, different names. Uh, we had a place established. People would bring stolen property to us, and we would be able to give it back to the people who wow. it was stolen. But at the same time, identify the thieves, yeah, and then send another team out to arrest them. Not they would know. So they never us. blew your cover. Wow, uh, wow. So those are things you wouldn't think would happen in <laughs> Topeka. But did that kind of this, stuff and did it for uh, a couple businesses in town. What kind of stuff was being stolen? Like cars? Oh, you name it. Anything that they could get their hands on that wow. they could get a what they thought a quick return on. Sure. Yeah. This wow. gives me a great idea for a spinoff of the Look Around podcast. Undercover mayor. <laughs> I've seen undercover boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I did this work in Topeka. I worked uh, some of the investigations took me to... Other cities, I worked in St. Joe for a while in Atchison, but moved back and forth and used different uh, 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 personages, different pe- names. And I was working with uh, some of the uh, criminals where they got an opportunity wow. to try and mitigate their sentences by getting oh, us into yeah. the system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. It was different. That's wow. Really cool. But th- that's just some of it. I was, <laughs> I was in charge of the uh, helicopter unit for quite a while. And I enjoyed that, mm. uh, especially when I got an opportunity to go out and fly with the pilots. Wow. Uh, that was amazing to get to see your city at that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I got to do that. And like you mentioned, uh, I started off as a sergeant in the SWAT team, uh, but worked my way up, then became lieutenant, then became major over the entire SWAT team. Wow. And worked that for a number of years, did a lot of things that got in the paper. So really? Were, oh, yeah. There were a lot of things. That, so it's hard to pick out any yeah. one big thing. To, to, But they stick in your mind. All of them do. It's just kind of uh, kind of a, in a, a sequence of events. And then just here I did that. Do you have a – do you have – is there like one story you could tell us? Like just an – like maybe from the SWAT team or undercover where you're like, man – this was wild, this experience that I got to have. You know, it's it wasn't an exciting thing like that. The one story that sticks in my mind, and I won't mention names, uh, it was when I was a uh, uh, homicide investigator. Hmm. I did that for a while, too. Um, what didn't you do, uh, man? This well, is amazing. You tried everything. <laughs> I have hit every department in the Topeka Police Department except the records division, and that was because... Uh, there was no way I was going to stay <laughs> yeah. in the records division. But, uh, yeah, I've hit them off. Yeah, I, had, I was under over canine officers, community bike, biking, all that. But uh, the thing that sticks in my mind the most that makes me feel good about being able to help the public was a case that I got in homicide. Uh, and back then they called it crimes against persons. Uh, and it was uh, the case of a young man. Uh, who had been attacked uh, physically and sexually and Mm. really harmed and literally left for dead. Mm. And uh, I caught the case. Uh, Some of his friends um, brought 
brought the information to us so that we knew, okay, this happened, let's go out. And so we got the young man, got him the care he needed. Uh, and it was years of recovery for him. Mm. Uh, years of recovery. And uh, being so responsible for his well-being and for finding the person who did it was uh, um, a heavy load. Uh, and it took work, it took time, but we did. Um, got the person convicted. Um, it was appealed. Uh, Supreme Court convicted, upheld. Mm. And uh, he still, the last I knew, was still uh, in prison for what he had done to this young man. How'd you catch him? A whole lot of visiting and talking and encouragement to people in the community who knew bits and pieces hmm. and get them to bring those bits and pieces to us. You had to put the puzzle together. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So kind of just classic detective work. Yeah. Yeah, asking why. And I had a good team with me. Uh, like I said, I worked with a squad within a squad and we divvied up all the work and uh, they were my seniors in that they had been in it for two or three years more than I had. So I'd look to them for a lot of their advice and direction. But uh, I really felt that the team worked well together. And what gave me a lot of uh, real good feeling, I guess, about the work is that throughout the investigation, I got to know this young man's family. And uh, for years uh, after we had found the person responsible. I would get a Christmas card or wow, yeah. a, a something like that saying, thank you again for the work wow. that you did. So yeah, things like that, that, that yeah. sticks with you more than the running and jumping uh, over tall buildings. The explosions even I, as yeah, you run away. Yeah. I did plenty of that too. <laughs> the uh, explosions. Yeah. But that personal feeling that you really made a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Is the thing that I think sticks wow. with me the most. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. So let's, let's bring it in. That's an incredible story. Uh, let's bring it into a little bit more current times. Now, mm -hmm. how do you keep that adrenaline as the mayor? You know, <laughs> what, what are you blowing things up and walking what away? What are you doing now to, to bring that adrenaline or, or maybe more importantly, how do you keep that ability to make personal connections and those, those meaningful relationships? Yeah. I'll address the first part, how I keep that adrenaline going. <laughs> you know, uh, as part of my, uh, makeup, I think is that, I'm one of those guys that uh, if I see a problem coming, I'm prepared for it and I and I do what I need to do to address it. But then I don't linger on it. Mm. I okay, what's next? And move on to the next. One of the things that always uh, made me feel uh, that I was contributing in a good way to like uh, uh, the tactical unit or the SWAT team is that oftentimes you'll come into a situation and you know these you've seen them on TV where all these police officers are coming to the scene of something, it looks like chaos. In many cases, it is chaos. Yeah. And your job is to go in there and say, okay, settle down. What is it we need to do immediately? And do it. Don't let's sit here and plan all day long. Yeah. Do it. Take the action. Yeah. Hmm. So I always felt a, a sense of gratification that you could bring some calm to the chaos, hmm. which gets you into that mode of, okay, what's next? What's yeah. next? Yeah. Well, we got this problem today, Mayor. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay, what's next on the list? What's next on this? So that adrenaline is fed by the things I need to get done. Wow. And I get the feeling that, you know, some of these things are going to take a little more time than others, but you need to take some positive step toward a resolution. So that's how I kind of try to keep moving forward. It's the prioritization that sometimes gets difficult because uh, what is your problem is your number one problem. Sure. And now he comes up with his number one problem. So whose is more important? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And how do I let you know that you, I haven't minimized what you need and, and, but I'm still paying attention to what he needs. Mm. So that's important. I think for any council person or a mayor to do, um, I have to admit that as a council person, it wasn't as 
the volume wasn't as much as what I get now as mayor. Sure. You just yeah. had one part of town and it was your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But And even then, I tried to do as much as I could to support other council members. If somebody on the south side of town or east side or west side needed something, my first reaction was, well, how can I help you get that done? So because I know that I can't just concentrate on just one area of town because the entire city has to prosper for any of us to prosper. Sure, yeah. Hmm. Has it been difficult to like maintain a sense of momentum on like a plan for the city to develop while at the same time dealing with the urgent needs of certain things, maybe like, you know, like squeaky, squeaky wheel syndrome, you know, where there's like always somebody with oh, a, yeah. a d dire need. Has it been difficult to keep your eyes on both where you're taking care of individuals and individual needs at the same time? Where's the city going as a whole? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it is difficult. But how I have uh, addressed it is to have good partners, hmm. to have people that I know I trust uh, in their opinion, in their ideas and suggestions, and to have them part of that process to, to address all of those. Because I know I'm capable of doing it all by myself. I have to have those partners to begin with. And those partners are not just uh, the city staff but there are people like the Greater Topeka Partnership. And then networking into the business community. Oftentimes we have a situation where we're looking at it from an administrative point of view from the city, but then you get a businessman's point of view and say, oh, okay, we hadn't considered that piece. Sure, yeah. So if you open yourself to others, they will come to help you. Hmm. And that's the thing that helps keep us focused on moving forward yeah. and not getting stuck in one spot and saying, well, my idea is the best idea and sure. that's what we're going yeah. with. Yeah. Because I don't think that there's any real project or program that I could say definitively that when I started it or initiated it, it ended up looking exactly like yeah. the way I yeah. had envisioned yeah. it. Yeah. You have to be adaptive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. So uh, I was just telling John before you came in here this morning, my mom was the mayor of my hometown for a bunch of my childhood. Really? Uh, but my hometown was 2,000 people. Okay. So I'm assuming <laughs> that the responsibilities of your job and her job are almost identical. Oh, yeah. And your day-to-day -day <laughs> schedule's the same. Yeah. Uh, so I was just curious. You know, I got to see a little bit on a small scale. What does it look like? What does your day-to-day -day look like as, as a mayor of a, a, a city the size of Topeka? Well, it varies quite a bit. You know, I've had some people suggest that, hey, maybe we can do uh, a shadow of the mayor for a day. Well, <laughs> it's hard to do because there are closed door meetings that sure. I have to have. Yeah. There are open meetings that I have to have. There are meetings that are in the at City Hall. There are meetings out in the field uh, where I have to go to those people who are working with the city. So the the schedule that I keep is is very unpredictable. Sure. Thankfully, I have a very good executive assistant uh, yeah, who gets me to where I need to be yeah. uh, and schedules on my itinerary. Uh, but it's a, a real mix of checking with staff to make sure that they have everything they need to move forward hmm. with some of our projects and programs. Uh, checking with my fellow uh, governing body members to see if there's something that uh, needs my attention to either help them or talk with them about. So I got to do that. Keep in contact with the business community. The business community is very important to us. Sure. They're yeah. the people that help us uh, with our economic development. Uh, the city cannot survive without a thriving business. And that is what attracts more people to our city, mm -hmm. that they can see that, you know, there are business opportunities, employment opportunities, educational opportunities, all those things that a family looks for when they're trying to decide where they're going to move to. Mm. A church, you, uh, you're talking about church. What kind of churches are available in this community? Is there a church I, that I can go to and be affiliated with? Or is it a welcoming community? Is it one that is inclusive of everyone? Or is it 
north side versus south side, east sure. side versus west yeah, side. Yeah. You've got to work on that on a daily basis. Mm, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, connecting the different mm -hmm. parts of the city, yeah. So so I guess my understanding then, your job is a full-time job. No, it's a part-time job. It's a part-time job. That's what it's that's what they tell me. That's what they pay you for, anyways, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> wow, that's yeah, surprising. just wow, that's kind of mind blowing to me because I assume you know the city councilors are very part time, although you know they all have other jobs and things. Mm -hmm. But I kind of assumed you you were this was your full time thing. Nope. Wow. You would uh, you would think so. In fact, <laughs> yeah, it seems like there would be full time work. Uh, you know, there is full time work. Yeah, and it's not uh, my mother, bless her soul. She's ninety three years old. And uh, when I became mayor, she said, okay, so what days do you work? Do you, is it a Monday through Friday? And I said, no, it's a Monday through the next Monday. <laughs> and, well, do you go in at 8 o'clock? Uh, when do you get off? Go in. When do you get off? Sit. And some days my day starts at 7 o'clock in the morning and ends at 10 o'clock at night. The other days it starts at 9 and ends at 4. I mean, it all varies on what. Wow. I have to do and the people I need to meet because their busy schedules uh, make it that way as well. And I try to be as accommodating as I can. When somebody asks, I'd like to have a meeting with you, Mayor, mm. I'll ask them to contact my office and find a time with my executive secretary that is convenient to them. Mm. So that means I have to respond to their needs. If the only time they can meet at night, then that's when I meet them at wow. night. If it's on the wow. weekend, then that's why wow. I meet him on weekend. So you're wow. almost like an entrepreneur in some ways. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's what I do. I tell people, you know, entrepreneurs start their own business because they got tired of working nine to five, oh. and then they figure out they're working twenty four seven. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, it's still classified as a part time job, but anybody who's sat in that chair, if you talked with other mayors, they'll tell you that's in theory only. Because if you did <laughs> wow, it that yeah. way. Uh, you would not be serving the public. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what? Give us. Let's step back like thirty thousand foot view. You were a police officer on the streets for you said 30, 34, 34 years, years. Uh -huh. and then moved into administrative, and then you were in uh, city council. Now you're the mayor. What? In just the broad, you know, time of your time in Topeka, serving the city of Topeka, where are we at as a city? Like what? What are some of the progress that you've seen that we've made as a city that you're really excited about mm -hmm. uh, what are still some of the challenges that we're facing as a city obstructing our progress as a city well you know we talked about that just this morning when i had a meeting in my office we were talking about our successes and what we see uh and earlier when we got started i told you about this past week where we had those events downtown yeah yeah well since i grew up in topeka i've seen Topeka do its up and downs. I've seen it when downtown was the place to be. Mm. You know, that's where your families went to shop, uh, socially interact. Uh, there were restaurants, uh, entertainment venues, uh, retail shops. And then it all just kind of waned away. And everybody went to the shiny new penny, which was White Lakes Mall. And everybody, When was that? When was oh, downtown gosh. like amazing and then dying? Well, uh, I would say when you started to see that decline was right when the when the mall came in. It really did, and that was probably oh in the oh, what is it the late seventies. Okay. Uh, yeah. So then, downtown was the place to be. Oh yeah. In the seventies until I remember the, wow. going down there with my with my mom and dad, you know, shopping for the Christmas and yeah. and everything. There there was those were all the shops, uh, and. I went to high school there at Hayden downtown and that was, you know, after school, we all go downtown and grab hot dogs and Cokes and stuff because wow. those businesses were thriving. Uh, but then when White Lakes happened, a couple of things happened. Access changed. Some people couldn't get to White Lakes. Hmm. Stop and think about it. It's not very far, but for some people who don't own a car, sure, yeah. don't have the resources, it changed where the shopping was being done. Hmm. And then everybody had to be at White Lakes. So we kind of put downtown in mothball mode and it didn't get a lot of attention and you could start to see it. Hmm. And 
then again when Westridge came into place. That's the new shiny penny. Let's yeah, yeah. all go to Westridge. And White Lake started to go into disrepair. And nobody kept it up. And we didn't remember it for what it hmm. served. But that's all kind of expected. Sure. It's all cyclical, I think. But knowing that as a longtime resident, you've got to prepare for that, though, I think. You know it's going to happen. So what are you doing to mitigate that wow. and make that change? Yeah. Not as harsh as we've seen. Yeah. So that's the thing that I'm really encouraged about now is Topeka is looking more holistically at what they have across town. North Topeka is doing well. You can see a lot of good development on mm-hmm. Highway 24, new businesses coming in. Yeah. At one time, there was little attention out there. West Topeka, it's on its own. Uh, South Topeka, the regeneration of Bring Back the Boulevard. You yeah. can start to see new businesses coming in here. East Side is getting some of that. Um, later on today, I'm uh, in a meeting that's talking about uh, uh, a rural housing district that we're going to be looking at in a project. So that'll help the population over there. So we're looking at it more holistically. And I think what that has been always the intent of the governing body right now is, and, and before, but I think right now we're really focused on it, is being equitable in how the city feels the success. Hmm. Um, the most visible times you see that are public events where you see a real interaction of a mix of the population. For a while, I know that my wife and I, when we would go to events, I'd stop and purposefully take a look and see who's who's here. And if I didn't see any minorities, hmm. I knew some something was wrong. Hmm. They weren't feeling included. The preparation for the events didn't give that some attention sure. and did the sure. engagement and reach out. And now I see, I see that healthy mix of inclusion, and like the whole city is involved. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. And they know that it isn't just for one segment of our community. Yeah, it's for all of us. Yeah. They, uh, so that's the thing that's most exciting to me because I hear people talking about the energy of the city they feel now. Sure. Wow. The activity of the city, and when businesses look at a community to bring in mm-hmm. new businesses, that's what they look at. They want to see. How is the community engaged in everything that happens? Yeah, we're yeah. just a quiet, stay-at-home, not interact with each other. There's nothing to make a business excited about how they can grow a business. Mm. But if we can show them who we really are and that we're intentionally including everyone, I think that really is the big, I think, switch that I have seen. Mm. We've really been more open about inviting everyone to have a part of the success that we're enjoying right now. Wow. So what are what are some of the challenges still as you look on the horizon of just where the trajectory of this city is going? What are some of those roadblocks still? You're like, man, you know what? This is just really challenging. We're still having to figure some of this stuff out. But the one big thing, uh, a couple of them. <clears throat> one was population growth. Like yourselves, you were part of that. Right? Yeah. People have to understand that unless we grow our population, we will never be able to get further than we are now. Hmm. We have to have Hmm. that community base. We have to have that tax base grow. And that's what uh, growth in population will bring to us. How do you bring people to Pika? The other challenge we have, and that's what we're looking at now, is affordable housing. And available housing. There are companies in this town that employ a good number of people who are having trouble finding the homes they want in our community. So they could bring employees to the city, but they don't have anywhere for those people to live. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And there is still the case that they're they're working here. Yeah. But they're living somewhere else. Driving from Lawrence. And we don't want to do that. We wanna want them here and What's good is when talking to these businessmen, they will tell you they want to be in Topeka. Yeah. They would rather not do the compute, yeah. the commute. But you have to have the inventory and sure. you have to yeah. have to have that inventory at several price points. 
because not everybody can afford yeah. a three hundred, five hundred thousand right. dollar house. Sure, yeah. But you have to have that inventory of the ninety to one hundred twenty-five thousand houses too. Sure, yeah. For that first-time homeowner that wants to get in mm-hmm. and get started and move up to the next two or three houses, but you have to have that inventory. Yeah. So where do you build it in the city? Stop and think. Where do you put those opportunities? So that's one thing I'm trying to focus on right now is opening up areas in the city that will accommodate growth for our inventory so Mm -hmm. that we can keep those important uh, employees here in Topeka and grow our population that way. So it's a a complex uh, initiative because there are a lot of variables. Yeah. But it boils down to if they want to live in the city, we have to make it possible for them to do that. Yeah. So those are the the two biggest challenges I see right now, population growth and housing, affordable housing. Wow. Yeah. Matt Pavarnik mentioned that was part of the Momentum 2027 Mm -hmm. campaign of affordable housing and specifically mentioned the same thing of affordable housing at every level. Yes. And so kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, is there availability in the lower level in the mid level in the upper level? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is. It's interesting because when my wife and I moved to Topeka four ish years ago, it was right before the market went crazy. And so we got into this house at an amazing price uh, from Lawrence at the time. And, and we felt so lucky, man, this house is incredible for such a good price. You know, it was awesome. Well, then we needed to, our family was growing. We were doing more things. We needed a little more space. Well, then the market was going crazy and we're paying way more like per square foot for a house. We're like, man, this is wild. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this, like, you know, it's, it was a challenge. And even now, just for fun, you know, we'll keep our you know, look at Zillow and we're like, there's not much yeah. out there. There's you know? yes, some stuff on Zillow, but it's like you said, it's above 350. Those are the only things that last yeah. right now. Yeah. Or the house, like, like for when our first house, when we got that, uh, we got for 80,000 and now 80,000 doesn't get you nearly as much of a house. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, th- and we need those. We need those. Yeah. Like you said, because I know when I bought, bought my first house, Jesus, I think I paid more for my car than I did for my house. I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you first get into that first level, unless unless you're in, in a really good employment situation, but policemen don't earn a lot of money. Sure, so, yeah. Uh, so you need to have that entry level so that a, a, a young couple or singles looking for that first piece of that dream yeah. can get in, establish it, make it better, you know, grow its value. Move on to the next, move on to the next. Yeah. yeah. You have to have that available uh, for people. And when they don't see it, it's when they become frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we also have just the challenge of a unique time as a nation. There's the national inflation and, mm-hmm. and all of that, which is pretty beyond, you know, I'm sure our control as a city. Yes. Um, man, well, that's what. So, what are the some of the things that you're most excited about? Just, you know, you wake up and you're like, praise God, I live in Topeka. Like we, we have this going on. We have this going on. We have this going on. What are some of those things that you're just really excited about that are happening right now? Well, the immediate things are the, the, the events that we're hosting. Yeah. You know, that's always a good thing. Uh, next month we'll have the Fiesta Topeka. Yeah. And, you know, that's 90 years. You stop and think yeah. about that. 90 years of consistent celebration by a specific part of the population uh-huh. but it has grown to become a community event mm-hmm. uh that's that's exciting uh you look at uh when they have the beer fest over in oakland too that's another thing everybody and his brother likes to go down there but yeah. it's specific to that one area but there are things mm-hmm. like growing the the most recent we had was juneteenth out there yeah. on, on 21st street at highcrest uh park i can remember when juneteenth started and they had it down at Cushenberry Park. And there were, well, there was a crowd, but they were not near the crowd that there is now. Wow. So people are taking some ownership. They got a couple things coming up that's going to be a, I think it's a community, I'm trying to think what the name, well, how they named it, a community buffet. And it's going to have uh, a bunch of food from the different, the nationalities and ethnic groups that live in Topeka oh, now. That's cool. And even that 
even that has grown differently from when I first grew up mm. in Topeka. You know, we didn't have the ethnic population that we do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, and, that sounds like a buffet I want to go to. Oh, I, I'm planning on it. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I love it when the India Fest, when they have that. I love their their chicken that they have and yeah. a lot of the other dishes. But them, the Ukrainians, the Russians, I mean, wow, we, we have wow. a population that people aren't aware of Yeah, that, that we're including more and more in big events wow it used cool. to be just this everybody had their little small events but they're included in the bigger events now and i think that's what's exciting about topeka mm-hmm. and the fact that uh and i can't share a whole lot of detail but i can tell you that there are developers outside of topeka who are looking at topeka mm. i've had a number of meetings of ask for meetings to come in and say mayor we'd like to bring this project to topeka and we'd like to See what you think. And they're from outside of Topeka looking in at what our possibilities are. Hmm. I've actually had a couple of them say, well, Kansas City's coming to Topeka. Are you ready for it? And we said, yeah. If you got businesses that want to locate here, we'll work with you as much as we can. And to that end, we've really been working hard with city staff to make sure that working with developers and builders that we make it as easy as possible to get those permits and get the projects off start so that we can get moving forward on that. It's important for us to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, really cool. So good. And that's kind of the, the reason we started this podcast, right? We both kind of realized, and we're not the first ones who have done this by any means. We're not the only ones doing it, realizing that people outside the city aren't going to change the way they think about the city until the people who live here, who call it home, yeah. change the way they think about the city. Yeah. And it's cool to see that that's already starting to happen with people yeah. on the outside saying, maybe there's something here I haven't seen before. Yeah. And I think that started internally uh, with conversations like this, with stuff that's been going on with Momentum 2022. It's just really awesome to see uh, yeah. all the, the things that Topeka is doing now. So. Yeah. Blink, blink twice if it's Disneyland. <laughs> it's Disneyland coming to Topeka? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I know you got to run. You got a busy, busy schedule. Uh, but uh, I think we had a couple rapid fire questions if you want to yeah. sure. throw some out real quick. Sure. Let me. So we had some listener submitted questions um on our instagram page at the look around podcast so we had uh, and we didn't give people much time we gave you a two-hour window <laughs> right before this uh we dropped the ball on that but it's okay so uh our friend ave the brave on instagram asked if you were to tour an out-of-town guest in topeka where would you take them uh there are a number of places in fact i have that obligation coming up there's a Gentleman who wants to invest in Topeka, he's coming to Topeka. Myself and Greater Topeka Partnership are taking him to several locations uh, to show us, show them who we are. Uh, one of them would be the university. Okay, I think that's yeah. a gem that a lot of people don't think about. But when you're looking for educational educational opportunities, the university and its new facility that they have, both oh, for the yeah. law oh, for yeah. the law library and for the athletics. Um, That'd be one thing I'd want them to see. Certainly, I want to see them down. Show them downtown. Yeah, I want to show them how those businesses have developed. Yeah, I would like to show them uh, the north end of town again to see how long that highway has developed. Mm. Um, capital city of course, uh, the Capitol Dome. Yeah. it's probably the um, the most modernized uh, and uh, I guess remodeled, uh, beautiful building in the state it's maybe incredible. in the country it's incredible yeah, yeah. Now, i remember when it was just green yeah oh, oh. and now i drive by it every day i'm like how did they do this? <laughs> <laughs> but there are a number of businessmen i would have them meet uh like ken schmanke downtown who's mm. got that building townside tower. Uh, yeah. town tower is really kicking and popping there are a lot of things going on there our local library that's another thing that people look at when they're coming to Topeka. I'd like them to take them to Topeka High School. Mm. I know people sometimes, why would you take them to a high school? I said, look at that place. It looks it's like incredible. a college campus. It's it so cool. It looks like one of those like college prep high schools uh-huh. on the East Coast. It does. It looks like from an 80s movie or something. I'm like, man, what? this is incredible. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah, I'd take them there. Uh, I'd take them out to some of the parks that we have. Mm. Uh, take them nearby to Lake Shawnee 
again, that's a close by place that a lot of people use for recreation during yeah. the summer months. Uh, so there are a number of places I'd like to take them to. Hmm. I, I don't think uh, I'm lacking for locations. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have, like the gardens out at the lake and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, or Gage Park. Gage Park. That, Gage that Park changed. is an incredible park. Yeah. Has it, when when did Gage Park become the Gauge Park we know and love today? In the oh, last gosh. 10 been, years, 20 oh, years? Oh, probably about 15 years. 15, wow. Yeah, yeah, because I can remember when, oh, where that big, uh, oh, where the, uh, K Gardens is and all that in that parking lot. That used to be one giant swimming pool. Wow. wow. Yeah. And had a, but, but it has changed so dramatically. And, oh, yeah. And the uh, Discovery yeah. Center there. Oh, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, on the other side of the coin, are there any hidden gems in Topeka that maybe not a lot of people know about that you, you really love? Oh, wow. The hidden gems, I think, are... are manufacturers in Topeka that people don't know about. We have a number of companies in Topeka who uh, serve worldwide. Uh, so, wow. Yeah. Uh, and some of them are one-of-a-kind uh, companies uh, because, you know, we're developing that part of plug-and-play where we're mm -hmm. part of that agricultural and healthcare mm. hub. Yeah, wow. I know there's one company in town uh, moved here from California and wow. they are one of I think two companies in the whole country that manufacture human grade pet food so the pet food that they produce humans could eat it with no problem what is that yeah. Hills no no it's no. another wow it's another hidden gem yeah see and there are others in this town that have a far-reaching business outside of Topeka, Kansas, the United States. Wow. Even so, those are hidden gems mm. that you will learn about them. I'll tell you right now, I would encourage everybody who gets the chance to apply for and hopefully they'll get to attend the Leadership Greater Topeka. I have friends who just came through it and had grown up in Topeka and said, I thought I knew Topeka, but mm. when we went through this program, they take you to some of these locations, mm. introduce you to the owners, hear their story of why they chose to come to Topeka. And you go, people don't know our story. Wow, and yeah. I think that's that's the thing that we have to be more intentional about. And these yeah. kinds of opportunities, like the podcasts, I've done a number yeah. of them with different groups. They're good things to get out there because it can't all go on the 13 or 27 sure, news. Yeah, yeah, They've got right. a half an hour and it's mostly filled with commercials. <laughs> these, <Yeah. laughs> these are uninterrupted uh, conversations. Unless someone wants this. to sponsor this <laughs> podcast. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> An opportunity for you. That's right. Well, I had I had one other question mm -hmm. that I I just thought about when I was sitting here. I was thinking back to sometime over the course of the last year when the mayor of New York put Topeka on blast. Uh -huh. And he said, I thank God every day for making me the mayor of New York City. Could have made me the mayor of Topeka, Kansas. As the mayor of Topeka, Kansas, yeah, yeah. how would you respond to that? Well, I don't know that you don't know about my response. I, I gave him a response. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Uh, well, for one thing, I've known that and learned very quickly that if you're going to be a mayor of any city, then one of the things that you have to learn is humility. Mm. And that's the one thing that he lost in his entire address wow. to that group that he wow. was that he was uh, addressing, he wasn't talking about his city; he was talking about himself. Wow! Right? Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so and, true. And then I went on wow. to say that I have visited New York on a number of occasions. I've talked with some of the people there, businessmen and just residents. I've never found anybody that was abrasive or mean or talk bad about themselves, the, the city itself, or about Kansas once they found out where I was from. Never found anybody that rude. Wow. Okay. So. I found this on the web from the city. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did Siri just interrupt yeah. our recording? The Siri. <laughs> and, and so that was part of my response, and I invited him, come to Kansas. Come to Topeka. I'll show you who we are. And then maybe you won't have that opinion. And I don't know if you know it or not, that sparked a contest. 
that Greater Topeka Partnership put on. Yeah, with Visit Topeka, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that, yeah. But that was part of that. Mm. And I've got tons of mail mm. from people across the country and some from New York who said, <laughs> don't listen to that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We're, you're right on about humility. Wow. And we know that you people have together what you're doing and you're doing it your way and we'll do it our way. Mm. But, you know, you have to you have to appreciate that everybody doesn't do the things that we'd like to do in Kansas. Not everybody likes to do the things in New York. Sure, or, sure. Or, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, there was a, a tempered response. I think that's the best way to try and uh, put you didn't it. challenge um, him to like kickboxing or, yeah. <laughs> like you, hey, you and me in the octagon baby yeah. you would think he would know better to be honest with you i met i've met him really oh yeah wow i was there with bloomberg harvard huh. and went through their philanthropies and went through their training uh and i'm still involved with harvard and had a meeting this morning zoom uh so i've met him at a duffer number of functions there and we've talked i've got pictures of he and yeah. i together Again, a long time ago, I learned, uh, and this was part of my upbringing, that if you let your ego get in the way of what you want to accomplish, you'll never accomplish anything worthwhile. Wow. And it sure looked to me like that was what was going on with him that day he made those comments. Not wow. that just that day, but the day before, the, before when he had challenged the governor. It's that ego that gets in the way. Mm. If you let that take over, then uh, there's no ca- accounting for what you might say that is inappropriate. Hmm. Now that is a soundbite. That's a great, that is a, a, that a is great a way to land the plane yeah. on season one right there. Yeah. Mayor Padilla, we so appreciate your time. And uh, we know you have so much going on. And you your part-time role. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. It's so much more than you should probably, you know. Uh, you should be paid way more than you probably are right now. Uh, so we just appreciate your time and, and your energy and all the things that you're doing to invest in the city. Um, I know, you know, we barely scratched a dent in all the things that, oh, that you're up to and, and that are developing in our city. So thank you so much. And, uh, man, that wraps up our season one finale with my mayor mike padilla very excited uh and uh, I'll, I'll forgive you for not mentioning that this is the real hidden gem of the city <laughs> is this podcast the look around podcast so with that said we'll see you in season two have a great day thanks for tuning in to another episode of the look around podcast make sure you subscribe on youtube apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at the Look Around Podcast, where followers can submit questions for future interviews. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can send us an email at thelookaroundpodcast at gmail.com.